All right, people, and welcome back to the After the 90 podcast. Um, this is episode eight, and it's where I talk about all things football. So it's been a while. Um, I hope everyone's staying safe and, and yeah, everything with the lockdown restrictions. Um, but I decided to take a little break uh, from the podcast due to, like, just a busy Christmas period. I don't think I've made one since, like, the 14th of December. So, yeah, just because of the busy Christmas period and the start of the new year, I had a lot of um, work with university and assignments. Um, but, yeah, uh, it meant a lot of like, work to do and it left me with really no time to be able to make the podcast or do the research that I wanted to do. So I put quite a lot of research into it. Um, so it takes me quite a bit of time and I didn't want to not do enough for the podcast. So, um, But now I'm back. Um more consistent content will be coming out. Uh, just a reminder that all episodes from from now on, um, apart from this one, will be dropping every Wednesday uh, just to keep you a bit updated. So on today's episode, I didn't really have this idea in mind what to, what to do. I didn't know what to start my new episode with. There's transfer window. There's quite a lot going on. Um, but I actually got this idea um, from a group chat I'm in and they put it in there and I was like, well, I'm going to start with this so it's the middle of the season so um i thought i'm gonna do the team of the season so far um so we're nearly halfway through for everybody barring a few teams who have games in hand but i think we've seen enough football from every team to be able to place someone in each position and determine them as being the best in that position so far so in my this is just my opinion everyone's gonna have different opinions bearing in mind who they support and who they've been watching the most. I've been watching most of the games this season. I've not missed many games at all. So I've got a good idea of how each player's played and how each team's doing. Um, So I'll be putting some honourable mentions at the end for each position and just going over them because obviously you're not going to be able to put everyone in every single position. So there's going to be a few players that have played well that are going to miss out. Um, But these are just... For the players that I thought I've done well, um, so this is off. It's going to be a four-three-three formation, so I can put in the most attacking players that I can. Um, I think the defense was the hardest part for me, the defense and the goalkeeper. But once you got to the three, three midfielders and the three attackers, it was pretty straightforward for me, in my opinion. Anyway, um, there wasn't much. There isn't much debate, I don't think, for the for the the top six players. But um, yeah, the defence, there is definitely debate for each position. But yeah, I'm going to go through that anyway. So we're going to go straight into it um, with the goalkeeper. And um, the goalkeeper that I've chosen has had a really good start to the season. And it's uh, Emiliano Martinez from Aston Villa. So Villa have had a good start to the season. Bearing in mind, last season they were struggling. They had they were fighting for relegation. Um the, the, it went down to the last game of the season against West Ham and they managed to get a result and the results went their way and they stayed up. So they just scraped through. But bearing in mind that was happening this season, they've done massive, they've had a massive, massive, yeah, massive improvement uh, with the players they brought in. They've done, they've all adapted really well. And yeah, Martinez was definitely one of them. And he's, he's brought, he was brought in from Arsenal who he was pretty upset with because he'd been waiting so long for his opportunity there. Um, to be number one, they kept on replacing um, goalkeepers. They had Czech, they had Leno, and he got his chance when Leno got injured against Brighton, and he done fantastically well. I thought, and I thought that was it. He was going to solidify his place back in the squad. But as soon as Leno came back, 
he got replaced again and he wasn't very happy and I wouldn't be happy either because arguably he's been better than Leno and um, he's already proven at, at Villa why he should have been number one at Arsenal. Um, he's comfortable on the ball, I think. He's, he does, he's very calm under pressure of attackers coming at him. He always knows what to do with the ball. He's a good shot stopper. And you can already tell, even in the half a season he's been with Aston Villa, he's already built up a great communication and leadership with his defence. He knows he, he, the defence trusts him um, like trust him behind them he, he's always telling them what to do whenever the camera pans on him he's always telling the defenders where to go he's always communicating with them which is always good and that's what you're, you want your goalkeeper to do even if he's very new to the team um, so yeah he, he at the beginning of the season when they were picking up really good results Villa that well their games have kind of petered out a little bit now because they've had so many um, problems with Covid and everything like that so they have quite a few games in hand, I think. I think they have three on West Ham and three on a couple other teams, two on the top. Um, but yeah, at, at the start of the season, he was single-handedly winning Villa games. And I think if he keeps up, he's definitely going to be the the um, goalkeeper in the team of the season for me. Um, we, we have to see how they, they put teams out because they don't like to add players from teams that are outside the top six. But if he keeps performing how he has been, I don't see no reason why he shouldn't be in that position. So going on to the right-back position, um, this is no way a biased opinion. Everything I've put in here is not biased. Um, I, will, I will tell you honestly if I'm being biased, like I did in previous videos. But I feel as though Vladimir Kofal of West Ham has definitely been the most consistent and the best right-back in the league this season. Um, it was a spot where West Ham lacked consistency um, at right back. We kept chopping and changing. We had Fredericks and then when Fredericks got injured, we had um, Ben Johnson. We've had quite a few players playing right back and we haven't had for a couple of seasons, to be honest, ever um, probably since Carl Jenkinson, I think. We had him one season in the 14-15 season, I want to say, and he was very, very good. But then the next season, he was so poor. And since then, we haven't really really had a consistent good right back. We played Antonio there. We played plenty of players there. Um, but Kofal, defensively strong, um, calm in pressure situation, just like Martinez. Um, when, whenever he, he's got a defender, uh, attacker running at him, he'll either play the ball down the line or he'll look for the pass inside if there's a man, if there's not a man on the centre mid like Rice or Suchek. Um, he's durable since he's joined the Hammers in the summer he's played 16 of the 17 games all of them have been 90 minutes as well so he's definitely durable um, touch wood not injury prone um, but he hasn't shown that he's been injury prone so far um, and he's been providing an attack too to be honest he's he's got three assists so far this season even though his attacking mentality is not as good as his, as strong as his defensive, he's definitely tried to bring an attacking sense into his game, and he probably would have got more assists so far if Haller hadn't been missing so many chances. But with Antonio up front, he's already providing the assists, and he got assists last game against um, West Brom, so he's been very good this season. He's managed to keep some of the league's trickiest wingers, um, including Raheem Sterling, Harvey Barnes, Wolf Zaha, and Richarlison quiet. He's he's not he's not been allowing them to score too many goals. Um, the only, uh, the only players that I can think of off the top of my head that I've scored against him, Son, who's just on a different. I'll be probably talking about him a bit later, and Mo Salah, who scored a penalty. So he's not really, um, he didn't really score against Kufau. He was on Kufau's side, but he scored a penalty. So 
Um, he nearly completes three tackles a game. And he always thinks about the defensive side before the attacking, I think, which is definitely helping West Ham at the moment and the position that they're in, defending so well and keeping so many clean sheets. He's he, When when you've got players who are defensive-minded before they attack, that that's that's especially what you want in the in the team. So going on to my first centre-back now, um, it's Ruben Diaz of Man City. Um, he was brought in because of Man City's defensive struggles. They were really um, struggling at the start of the season with Eric Garcia. He wasn't For me, he's too small for the league. Um, but Ruben Diaz has completely changed their team, in my opinion. He's come in. Um, he's also come in with John Stones. So there's, because Laporte is a bit more uh, injury-prone, um, Stones also come in and he's done very, very well as well. He hasn't done as much as Diaz, I don't think, throughout the whole season for him to be included in this. But they both come in and they've been brilliant together. Um, Diaz, he, he he reminds me of a bit of a mixture of an old-school defender and a new ball-playing centre-back. So he always gets his body in the way. Um, he's always looking for the tackle. He's always looking to win the ball cleanly. But then after he gets the ball... Um, He's very calm on the ball. He picks the right pass. He he's he definitely loves the ball at his feet. So I I think that's the best mixture to have. To be honest, he's always getting in, getting involved, getting in the tackles and stuff. But even when he gets the ball, he's very calm and yeah, he does brilliant. He works brilliant in his Pep um, City team because that's that's what Pep wants. To be honest, um, he's only twenty three. He's got plenty of room to improve. Uh, I think. I don't know how much it was that they got it from Benfica, but I know it was either him or I can't remember the other center. Uh, uh, Upamecano, I think, or Koulibaly, one of the two. Um, but I think Diaz has definitely adapted to the Premier League very quickly and he's he's coming on to be one of the best centre-backs in the league at the moment. He's Out of the 16 games he's played, he's had 10 clean sheets, which is brilliant. I think I don't think before he came they had a clean sheet, so he he instantly improved that. And if he keeps on playing like he has been, putting his body on the line, blocking shots, everything like that, he's definitely going to be uh, in this in this team of the season come the end of the season. Um, so the next centre back I've got is some is someone that maybe not too many people have watched to be honest because they might not watch Southampton games but Yannick Vestergaard is my next centre back he's been he was really shaky when I first watched him join the the Saints uh, he made mistakes didn't really read the game well he was getting bullied a little bit by um, players bigger than him I remember Antonio absolutely bullying him uh, last season but this season he's coming and he's you can see that he's definitely been working on his game and he's improved and he's coming a completely new player uh, he's Introduce himself as a ball playing centre back, can score goals, defends excellently, gets Laca Diaz, gets his body on the line, uh, winning, I think it was four aerial duels per game. Um, so, yeah, yeah, he's he's definitely been improving his game. Uh, his passing range this season, when I've been watching the Saints have, and his accuracy, has been unbelievable. He rarely ever really puts a pass wrong. Um, he Some of the chances that he creates from um, from his long because most of the time he's playing long diagonals, which from the centre back position can go really wrong. Because if you if you play the ball wrong, the players in the passing lanes, the wingers and the left backs can easily intercept. But where Westergaard, he's 
He's playing them over the top of the winger and in behind the fullbacks, which means that the ball is either going to go out or it's going to get, um, it's going to go to his teammate. And nine times out of ten, it goes to his teammate, and it definitely pushes the Saints up from the position that he's in when he plays these passes. So the Saints they can see to be played a quiet. Uh, uh, deep defensive line But when he pushes them up With them long balls Pushes their whole defence up And gets the players Like Danny Ings Redmond Adams All spinning him And Walcott he All spinning him behind um, He's got He's also had an eye for goal This season Chipping him with three goals Mostly from corners And free kicks He's a massive threat He's about 7 foot tall 6 I don't know I think he's like 7 foot 6 11 Something like that um, Yeah you can you, you can see when During the game At the start of the game He'll have one defender on him and then when he has a couple of chances, he'll have two or even three on him. And that just creates loads of space for the poachers like Adams and Ings. When the ball drops after there's so many defenders on him, um, then they've got no one to mark them. So, um, it's, yeah, it leaves the attackers completely open, which is um, brilliant work by rest of Vestergaard, to be honest. And with Warprice whipping them balls into the box, yeah, it's, 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 it's a great threat for the Saints to have. Um, consistently he's been putting his body on the line As I said He's been um, An integral part Of the Southampton squad And since he's been injured they I think they've won One game In in, in the last four uh, In the league So yeah, You can see how How good he has been um, For for Southampton And yeah he's they, They've had a Decent start to the season As well So he's definitely Been a big part of that Now this next position Is where I Struggled a little bit Um the first player that I had in mind at left back was um, this is I'm going to do an honourable mention early was uh, João Cancelo. Cancelo, however, he's he he hadn't played enough games at left back for me to be able to put him in the number one spot. I think he played eight games this season, um, and it, if he would have played more, I would have definitely put him in number one spot. I think Cancelo has been unbelievable uh, so far. However, um, you also had Robertson, who I don't think has been as good as he. Um, Usually has been Chilwell also hasn't been as good As he should have been for Chelsea uh, And they've had a poor start to the season For their standards So I've put in um, Sergio Reguilon um, Reguilon has improved this Spurs team Attacking wise and defensively um, Where Danny Rose and Ben Davis Definitely don't come anywhere close to His, his output um, He's absolutely rapid when i've been watching him he gets the gets up and down the pitch so quickly um which is kind of he reminds me a bit of he's it's, it's not the same build of player at all but a bit like carl walker where he's so fast that he can easily cover for himself like he he just gets back so quickly against even even the quickest of wingers to be honest um yeah he's assisted three times in 12 appearances this season in the league so he's been consistent with it um, that's a assist every four games, which isn't too bad. And yeah, he's very strong with the ball at his feet. His crossing ability is one of the best in the league, I think, for a fullback. He's definitely helped the Spurs attack to feed off the uh, crossing that he's been putting in. And it's like um, what I was saying about Vestergaard. When the ball's coming in, um, you never know what's going to happen. The ball could fall, drop. And because Regulon's putting in all them, all these good crosses... The ball could easily fall to players like Kane, Son, uh, Lucas, anyone, anyone like that, uh, Bergvine. So, yeah, he's definitely been strong in the attacking department. Uh, he's only 24, so like I said about Diaz, he's 
I can only see him improving and it's been a massive he's been a massive bonus for this Spurs side. And yeah, I think he needs to play a couple more games this season. Um but yeah, he's he's been very, very good, uh, I think. Compared to the other players that I've mentioned, I, I personally I would say he's been the best. Um but yeah, it's all up for opinion, isn't it? So as I said before, the next attacking positions were pretty easy for me to be honest. All these players I think they've been untouchable this season. You, I don't even know who you could argue with them because they've been so good. Um, and I don't think... I think come the end of the season, these six players will be completely the same. I think the defence obviously will change because teams might fall off West Ham, um, Villa, Southampton, but they might not. So we, we've got to see. But these players, I think they've been so good at the start of the season, it's hard to really not put them there at the end of the season. So the first centre mid I've got is uh, Kevin De Bruyne. And Kevin De Bruyne, I don't really need to say much about him. He's a magician, a wizard on the ball. He, he He's just been doing Kevin De Bruyne things in the league, to be honest. He's got three goals and 10 assists, which he probably would want to improve on his goal output. Um, But his assists, he got 20 last year, I think. Uh, broke a record. And he's on pace to be getting that again. Um, if Man City had a prolific striker, I think he would have got many more assists than he has already. Uh, Gabriel Jesus hasn't really been great, not been consistent enough for me. Uh, Ferran Torres has come in and been good, and now they're playing Foden in the false nine. Or, or uh, it's a bit, it's a bit like Foden or De Bruyne in the false nine. Um, so yeah, he's he's getting three key passes per game, and he's created fourteen big chances in the Prem this season. Yeah, he he's just he's so key to this city squad, and now I've just seen um, as I was researching that he's had a hamstring injury, and he's going to be out for up to three weeks, which is a massive loss for City. But they have got the depth, I think. Well, they definitely got the depth to be able to um, try and get someone to do the the similar job to De Bruyne, but just not definitely not at the same um, work rate and skill that he can because he's just a different he's one of the best players in the league top three for me easily um yeah he's on the ball he's so calm he makes his city team tick he he works so well with the other players in the midfield um the way that he gets the ball in the defense brings up into the midfield and just starts an attack is just so good to watch and yeah, he's definitely been improving every single season. As I said, he probably would want to improve on his three goals. Um, but um, I'm pretty sure he's going to be able to do that. I'd, I'd see him finishing with about seven, eight, maybe nine goals this season. And if he can keep on with his assists, he's just going to be a brilliant um, brilliant season for him again. He's definitely improved on his defensive work as well. Um, when he first joined City, you could see him maybe being a bit lazy, a bit lackluster on the defensive side of the game. But he Pep's definitely got him working hard in the defence and helping um, players like Rodri and Fernandinho out. Um, so yeah, he's, he's had a brilliant start to the season, De Bruyne, and I hope that he's going to recover from his injury quickly and get back to playing. Um, the next player... I've highlighted previously how much I rate Jack Grealish and this season he's not stopped to be honest with five goals and seven assists so far it's been really hard not to put him in here he's been unbelievable he's he's so good on the ball with the ball at his feet um, I read a little um, interview from one of the players that I put in here Vlad Kufal who was marking Grealish 
and he was just saying that he he's the ball just sticks to his feet. He's so hard to get the ball off. He's so unpredictable. Um, he I I would go as far as calling him unorthodox, just because of the way that he moves. His body movement with the ball is something else. I've never really seen anything like it. Um, he he could have even more assists than seven in here if some of the Villa players could finish their dinner. Watkins has been quite inconsistent with his finishing this year. He's, he's been very good, don't get me wrong, but he's been quite consistent finish, uh, missing easy chances. El Ghazi, he misses quite a few chances. Traore also. Um, so yeah, he could definitely have more assists so far than seven, but that's still a very good um, number for uh, for Grealish in a team like Villa. Um, he's fouled five, nearly five times per game, which highlights his amazing ball retention as I said with the ball stick to his feet and when he's got the ball in the transition as well um, when like Villa sometimes they tend to work on the counter-attack and when you've got Grealish starting the counter-attack he he tries really hard to not go down as in on the counter go down going down anywhere else on the pitch he's the master at doing it he's so clever His his football IQ is is something else. He, any little bit of contact, and he's going down. And it can get annoying when you're uh, when you're watching against him. But uh, if if you if you're a Villa fan and you've got Grealish getting winning you all these free kicks to be able to get Mings and Concert and your bigger players on the ball trying to get it in the net, it can be uh, it could be easy to watch. And yeah, he's he's just he glides around the pitch. He's so elegant with the ball. He's one. He's becoming one of my favorite England players. Hundred percent. Uh, he's made 58 key passes in the league this season. Um, in the Football League, he's I think he's second or joint second um, with the most key passes. Uh, and he nearly averages four per game, which is different, different class. Um, so, yeah, I, f- I would probably predict Grealish to finish on... What did I say? For De Bruyne, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do a bit of a prediction just to see how... And then at the end of the season, I'm going to come back to this video and see how the players got close to my prediction. So I'm going to go De Bruyne. I'm going to see him finish on eight goals and 18 assists. So I'm going to say he's going to get another five goals and eight assists. And then Grealish, I'm going to say he's going to finish on... He also takes penalties. Uh, well, he should be taking penalties after Watkins. Oh, maybe Al Ghazi. But I'm going to say he's going to finish on eight goals and 15 assists. So he's going to get another three goals. And eight assists, I think, Jack Grealish. But, yeah, he's been brilliant this season. I'm going on to my third and final centre mid. Um, arguably the best midfielder in the Premier League this season. Um, I think he has been the best Premier League midfielder this season. Um, even with the penalties. 11 goals and 7 assists. Oh, silly stats for this man. And it's Bruno Fernandes. And, yeah, halfway through the season to have 11 goals and 7 assists is is unbelievable. Um, he's got the third most goals and assists um, and the second most big chances created in the league this season. Of every player, any position. He, he, he is the creativity in this Man United team. Every time he picks up the ball, he's picking it up next to McTominay, next to Fred. Always looking for the ball. He's got the most touches in the Man United team, um, which, to be honest, I'm not surprised He's also played the second most minutes in the United team, which is unbelievable. Um, he's had the second most passes in the United team. He's the way that he picks up the ball, drives with it, and just looks. He's always looking 
for the attack. Every time I watch this guy play, he, he's never looking to just sit back, go back. He, he always wants to play, he always wants to push the ball forward. You've seen every time um, Solskjaer uh, takes him off, he's always upset because all he wants to do is play football, which is really good and what you want to see, to be honest, in your players. Um, he he's just he's one of the most creative players I've I've seen. And usually from the Portuguese league, we haven't seen that many players to be able to make an instant impact and in how good they've been. But Fernandez has definitely done that. He's made the third most tackles in the United team as well, which was a quite a surprising stat when I saw it because it highlights like the Bruyne how much defensive work the attacking midfielders need to be doing um, this season. And because because of this. I think he's been the best midfielder in the league. Um, and if I was to do a prediction for how many he could finish on, he could... He could. Um, I'm going to talk about it next, but he could have a 2020 season, um, which is 20 goals, 20 assists. Um, but I think he's just going to come short. Uh, he's another one like De Bruyne and um, Grealish, where if his attackers finished a bit more consistently, Martial... Uh, Rashford and Greenwood, he could have many more assists than he has done. But um, I'm going to say he's going to finish on 17 goals and I'm going to go 18 assists. So he's going to get another six goals and 11 assists, I think. That's what I'm going to say. It's a bit of a bold prediction, but I'm going to go for that. So the next... We're going into the... That's the midfield done. That's my midfield three. Grealish, Fernandes and KDB, which I think is an unbelievable midfield. But the attacking options, I'm going to do um, this one together because they have to be done together, I think. They've been different level this season and as a West Ham fan, it pains me to see how good they've been doing. Um, but Heung-Min Son and Harry Kane um, have been different level. They've I've not really seen anything like it before. Uh, 23 goal involvements for Kane and 18 for Son. The numbers are unheard of. I've not in our generation. There's not really been a duo like this before. Um, and yeah, they, especially for Kane to be honest, who's currently, as I just said about Fernandez, but Kane's on course to have a 2020 season 100%. Um, he's got 12 goals and 11 assists for a striker. Mourinho's can. Everyone was doubting that Mourinho would work with Kane, as I was stating before, but he's definitely brought the best out in him. Um, the thing is, he's still scoring his goals. You'd think if he was to improve on his more um, being a target man, setting up his teammates, that his goals would go down, but he's still scoring. He's scoring prolifically. Um, the only other two players in the 21st century to have done a 2020 season in the league uh, is Lionel Messi and Thierry Henry. So it's a massive group of like an unreal group of players to be able to join of that caliber and uh, Kane could easily do it this season I think I think he could do it if if he if he keeps up what he's been doing um he's, he, I think he's going to get the goals he's going to score 20 goals this season um it's just the assists and if he keeps on involving Son in Son and Mora he's definitely going to be able to do it um but the pair as a pair they've now combined um, for a goal 13 times this season, which equals uh, Shearer and Sutton's record, uh, which was set more than 25 years ago. So that would be amazing for them to break such a long record. I think they, they're definitely going to do it. They only need to assist and score each other one more time. Um, and there are also just three off 
um, the record for goal combinations between two players in Premier League history. So Frank Lampard and Didier Drogba, they hold that record for, for 36 goals um, and Kane and Son on 33. I, I could see them breaking them two records pretty pretty easily this season, to be honest. Um, but yeah, they've both been brilliant. Kane's been strong on the ball, doing it, doing what Kane does, to be honest, and hopefully he can bring this form into England team in the Euros. And Son has massively improved his game. Um, he's just he's so quick on with with the ball at his feet. Uh, tricky, doesn't know, don't know where where he's gonna go. Um, but yeah, they've been a great duo. And going on to my last player. Um, one of the best players in the Prem for the past three seasons, in my opinion, Mohamed Salah. Uh, he's, there's no stopping him. At, even even with Liverpool coming across numerous injuries and having a poor season by their standards, Mo Salah's not showed any signs of slowing down. He's been brilliant. Uh, 13 goals and three assists so far this season. He gets a lot of stick because of the, the way he goes down and stuff like that. But you can't deny how good Mo Salah actually is. Um He's, he's like Grealish, the way that he retains the ball in possession. Um, he could have more assists, definitely, like a couple other players. Um, he, the Liverpool team, it's a bit of a weird one, to be honest. I, I, I was saying this in a, in a group chat that the whole Premier League season has been pretty weird. Uh, it feels like to me only a couple of weeks ago, um, Man City were in 12th, Liverpool were going to cruise to win the league again. And now it's all just flipped on its head a little bit. Man City are looking in pole position with Man United to be challenging for the title. Liverpool have been poor of recent weeks. Um well not as they're not been poor, but they've not been as good as we've seen this Liverpool team. Um that's obviously gonna come down to injuries and stuff, but um there was games last season where Liverpool you'd think, oh yeah, they're gonna they're gonna nick a one nil or they're gonna grind out a result. And this season they've not been doing that. But Salah's got 13 goals and three assists, which is still very good. But then I looked at Marnie's stats and he's got six goals and two assists. And Firmino's got five goals and three assists. So he's not like they're not on the same level as Salah at the moment. Uh, especially Firmino, he's been really poor for me. And I think if Liverpool just bought a prolific goal scoring striker, it would be game over for the league, I think. But um, yeah, Salah himself is having a class season. And anyone who's top, he's top goal scorer in the league so far. And anyone who's top goal scorer halfway in the season has to be in the team of the season for me. It's team of the season so far for me. Um, there's no way that you can leave them out. If it was any other player, they'd be in. But I think because people have a bit of an agenda against Salah because of the way that he goes down, as I said, um, they're quick to try and not put him in the side. Um, so yeah, that's my team completed. Uh, it's Martinez in goal, right back Kufal. My centre backs are Diaz and Vestergaard, with my left back being Regulon. My centre mids are De Bruyne, Grealish, and Fernandez, with Son, Kane, and Salah up front. So I'm gonna go through um, the honourable mentions. They're not. I'm not gonna go in depth about them. Um, I'm just gonna state in some positions who who maybe should have had a shout to get in. Um, so in goal. I've said Carl Darlow. I said about him uh, in a podcast before, and I just think um, Martinez has been different level with his clean sheets this season. Um, at right back, you could easily put Matty Cash or Reese James in there. Um, Centre backs, you could easily put Ogbonna, Fofana, um, Fabinho, uh, Zuma. Um, they're, they're four players that you could put in there. Um, I think I said about Cancelo at left back. Um, I think the only other centre mid that you could put in is maybe Hoiberg, but no one comes close to Grealish 
um, De Bruyne or Fernandes for me. Um, and then strikers, you could put in Calvert-Lewin and Bamford just because of the way that they started the season, but they're kind of petering off a little bit now. Uh, Calvert-Lewin's definitely not scoring as... or both, Neither of them are scoring as much as they were and Kane's just carried on going. So um, I don't think there's any way that you can replace Kane uh, in this side. But yeah, that's that's my team of the season so far done. Um, let me know via DMs or anything. Um, who would you replace, to be honest? Um, but yeah, it's been a fun episode to make. It was a fun episode to research. And now that I'm going to be making more consistent um, content every Wednesday, episode coming out, uh, make sure that you share my content, um, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, anything like that. Um, yeah, it'd be much appreciated. I want to try and get my viewership back up again because I'm expecting it to be a bit lower because um, I've took quite a bit of a, a break, but hopefully not. But yeah, I'm going to get a few more ideas now and there's definitely loads, loads of football on, so there's loads to talk about at the moment. But I um, hope you all enjoyed this episode and I'll see you next Wednesday. Cheers.